0: mostly from our first reading from Isaiah 53, by his wounds we are healed. So God created the world, the universe, he created man, perfect and holy. God designed us with about 12 major systems, like a digestive system and a respiratory system and a circulatory system and millions of other parts fashioned into the greatest of his creations, us. How could anybody ever think that we just kind of came about through any process of evolution without any intelligence or design or purpose, just a billion random mistakes and choices taking place simultaneously for everyone? Truly, as Psalm 14 says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. The, uh, there we go. The perfection of our bodies in the Garden of Eden became flawed because of sin. And God told Adam not to eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. And the moment Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they began to die. And we're, these, Adam and Eve were designed to live forever and even with perfect genes, Adam only lived 930 years. 24 generations later, as the time of the patriarchs, uh, some folks lived still over 100 years, but we will all eventually die. Adam and Eve changed physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. They weren't just a little bit off now. It was a little more like dropping a television set from a thousand feet on the concrete. Everything's broken. Adam and Eve experienced shame, fear, a desire to blame their sin on others. And their sin was passed down to their children, like a deadly inherited disease that allowed Cain to murder his own brother and for Abel to die. We all get sick now. We get diseases. We get old, we die. Eve was given God's promise that one day her seed, a descendant, would crush the head of Satan and evil. And 77 generations later, Jesus was born. The savior, the healer, the restorer of all things. In the pages of the New Testament, I'm doing something wrong here. But my pacemaker's going crazy. In the pages of the New Testament, we see Jesus healing many diseases and illnesses, lepers, blind, deaf, the lame, those with uh, demons, even raising the dead. Why did he do that? Well, first of all, it got people's attention to hear his words. And it was, secondly, a direct fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy, identifying who the Savior, the Messiah, would be. And thirdly, because Jesus is loving loving, and compassionate. He just couldn't help but heal people, because as God in the flesh, he could. But is that why Jesus came? Did he come to heal us? In Luke chapter 4, Jesus heals a man with a demon, and then he heals Peter's mother-in-law. And by the time we get to verse 40, it says, Now when the sun was setting, all those who had Any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, to Jesus, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many. And when it was day he departed and went into a desolate place, and the people sought him and came to him, and would have kept him from leaving them, but he said to them, I much must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well, for this is why I was sent. In Luke 19, Jesus says, the Son of Man came, why? To seek and to save the lost. In all four gospels, we find Jesus spending time healing people for at least the three reasons that I mentioned before, to get their attention as fulfillment of prophecy and just because he loved people. Did miraculous healing end with Jesus' ascension? Immediately after Pentecost, we read in Acts chapter 2, And they, the believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayers and all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles the 12 who were healing acts chapter 5 says now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles not by everybody and paul tells us in 2 corinthians 12 the things that mark an apostle signs wonders And miracles were done among you with great perseverance, including healing. The 12 apostles were able to lay their hands on some other people like the apostle Paul and pass this gift of healing on to them. But we don't see that happening from those people to anybody else in the New Testament. And by the end of the first century with the death of John, the early church fathers record that miraculous healing had ceased, along with the other apostolic gifts. First Corinthians 13 tells us. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. So as the New Testament gospels and epistles were being written and collected by the end of the first century, the perfect revelation of God's word, the whole message of salvation was available. And the apostolic gifts were no longer needed and died with the apostles. That's why none of us writes books of the New Testament. We don't write any more books of the Bible, even when we feel very particularly inspired. We are not apostles in a strict sense. People that claim to receive new revelations of God today are false prophets. Well, question, can and does Jesus heal people today? Well, definitely so. And for, I believe, the three reasons I mentioned earlier. And although I don't believe that there are Christians who have been given the gift of miraculous healing today, the scriptures often tell us to pray for others who are sick. Those who are suffering. As we have seen, people who have been miraculously healed by God, my own sister, for one, Fifteen years ago, while serving a church in Michigan, we decided to offer a service of healing, and I laid my hands on the elder who was assisting me and prayed for God's healing after a debilitating stroke that he went through, and the next day he called me and told me that he could sign his name perfectly, which he hadn't been able to do for years. I had nothing to do with that. That was all God's doing. Answering our prayers for healing, sometimes God says yes, sometimes God says no, and sometimes later, or I've got something even better for you. St. Paul prayed for healing, recorded in 2 Corinthians 12. So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations that God was giving Paul, a thorn was given me in the flesh a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about that, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest on me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, Hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am empty of myself, then there is room for God to fill me with himself. God said no to Paul's request for healing. He gave Paul something better. Some Old Testament prophets like Elijah and Elisha healed people through the power of God. Jesus healed many people by his own power and authority. Jesus gave the 12 apostles and some others the gift of miraculously healing in the first century. God often chooses to heal us today when we pray in faith, as he did my daughter recently. God gives us medicine and the skill of physicians who can help with the healing process today. But, uh, you know, many claim to be faith healers are really just frauds they're false prophets and they will be punished and they don't talk much about sin and god's grace that comes through faith in jesus christ our crucified and risen savior you'll notice that most of these scam artists ask for money for healing they twist scripture they own their own jets and live in mansions oral roberts Jimmy Swaggart, Jim Baker, Jesse Duplantis, Benny Hinn, and others squeeze the life savings out of widows and other desperate people who are looking for physical healing. There is a special place near the fires of hell for them. And it's almost like the frauds, the quacks, the self-proclaimed doctors who sold people medicines and devices that did no good and sometimes hurt people with their products until the Food and Drug Administration was formed to set some standards in 1906. I collect little green and clear antique medicine bottles from 100 plus years ago that claim to cure everything from consumption to constipation. Dr. Kilmer's Swamp Root, Kidney, Liver, and Bladder Cure. Dr. Miles' Restorative Nervine, probably just a mixture of alcohol and whorehound, maybe some cocaine thrown in there that made people feel better for a little while. Dr. King's Discovery for Coughs and Colds, Dr. Marshall's Lung Syrup, Dr. Mayer's Wonderful Stomach Remedy from Chicago, Hamlin's Wizard Oil, Dr. Drake's croup remedy and German croup remedy that was probably given to a sick or dying child that probably did more damage than any good. I even have a bottle that reads M.L. Frankenstein Apothecary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. I wonder what was in there. Maybe real medicine, I don't know. Ads for healing illnesses and guaranteed weight loss are seen on late night television and in lots of internet commercials every day. But our sick bodies are not the real problem, are they? They're only a symptom. The real problem is sin. And clickers. Next slide, please. There we go. Oh, one back. The real problem is sin. Sin has affected us spiritually, mentally, emotionally, socially, economically, politically, and in every other way. After Eden came, a world full of disease and hate came. Adam and Eve brought a world of sin and death and messed up paradise and perfect communion with God. Jesus came to restore all things that were lost in Eden, to bring forgiveness, life, and salvation. Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly, have it to the full. But it would cost him everything to do it. Our Old Testament reading from Isaiah chapter 53 prophesies who the Messiah would be and what he would do. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken by God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. With his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. In the suffering and death and resurrection of Jesus, he came to heal us in every way, heart, soul, body, and mind. Our shattered lives and bodies, like a TV smashed into a thousand pieces, will all be put back together again. Because Jesus so deeply loves us, he was willing to take the fall in our place. Our lives and our bodies, like cracked pots, are being and will be completely healed. If not in this life, then when we get new and perfect bodies in heaven. The Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There was this divine human exchange where Jesus got all of our sin and we got his righteousness. He took our pain on the cross. He got his joy. He took our broken human bodies and gave us perfect healing. The sick, old, decrepit, failing body you have now is not the one that you're going to have in heaven for all eternity. On the last day, Jesus will restore you to be perfect heart, soul, mind, and body because he loves you.